Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fixed. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We are two modern mamas here to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, open minds, and joy, no matter your journey or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder and Indy Bow. I love outdoor adventure, good food, especially sourdough, and mindful movement. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, Enneagram coach, and mama to Bear and Camille. I'm passionate about helping people become the best versions of themselves. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I am super duper excited today to get to sit down and chat with my one of my best friends <laughs> for the next hour or so and to get to hear her very, very, very special birth story full and front and center for the first time, um, actually, in its entirety, I think, really. So without further ado, many of you know Kirsten. She came on all the way back in episode 35 and shared her, her the stories of her miscarriages and then circled back and came back on for episode 159 and shared your story on adopting Parker Bree. And there's Indy. She wants to be a part of it. And then I believe we also had you on for a bonus episode to chat through... I believe now I'm like the, the adoption process, like in the, in the midst of it, when you were going through like fundraising and with the warrior shirts and all of that. So you've been with us before. Most of our listeners know who you are. They know of you. And I know you took a hiatus from social media. So I've had multiple people reach out to me and ask about you, how you're doing. They saw pictures that I posted of us both pregnant. And so I'm sure this will be a very welcomed, very anticipated episode to have you coming on and sharing your birth story. So very, very excited. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited and a little bit nervous to share. <laughs> it's going to be very magical, very powerful, and very cathartic, no doubt. And I think it's fitting that, you know, we were pregnant together, and now we're recording this episode of your birth story with both of our babies in our arms who will likely make noise. So I would apologize in advance, but instead I'm going to say thank you in advance to everyone listening for bearing with us as our little ones have their moments because this is real life and this is the Modern Mamas podcast after all. So here we go. Well, I'm going to first, let me give you, give your bio. I think that's a great place to start. Now we have more lengthy bios in the past. As I've mentioned, Kirsten's been on before. And so just a brief reminder for you, Kirsten is a nutritional therapy practitioner, army wife, photographer, and after years of recurrent pregnancy loss, she is now a mama to two precious baby girls. When she's not cooking and, fo- and photographing and eating nutritious food, she enjoys spending time with family, preferably out in nature, and sharing the raw truth about miscarriage, adoption, and motherhood on her website, Vibrant Life Army Wife, and on Instagram at Vibrant Life Army Wife. So thank you, my dear friend, for coming on today. I know our hands are full. Your hands are full. You're in the midst of so much transition, and I'm just so grateful that we get a little bit of your heart and time today. 
Yes, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Sorry. Speaking of baby noise, Hallie is already over here like whining. So I'm trying to like give her the boob. Give her the boob. The number of podcasts I've recorded with my boob in a baby's mouth for the past five years is pretty crazy to think about. I like love you it. said, real life. Real life. So why don't you give our listeners, I really want to make sure we have plenty of time to dive into the, you know, that your birth story with Hallie and, and all the things, but maybe just like a brief update of of what, what are you doing these days? What, how is life? I mean, I know a lot of this because we chat like eh, daily on Boxer, but much, like yeah. a brief overview of, of what have you been up to and where is life, where does life have you right now? Sure. So about a year ago, almost exactly like what, when we found out we were pregnant, we moved to California. So we've been here for about a year now. And obviously Hallie was born during this time, and we've done a lot of traveling, spent a lot of time with family, and now we are gearing up for another move to Kansas. So we're kind of in this like weird limbo right now where we technically still have our house at Fort here at Fort Irwin, but we like weren't supposed to still. And anyway, we we don't have a house yet where we're going. We're staying with my parents right now. So it's just things um, have been a little bit crazy, but just trying to enjoy this last bit of time where we're close to family and just be really present because she, Hallie's only four months old. And as I'm sure you've experienced with Indy, like, oh my gosh, this has gone by so fast. <laughs> so insanely fast. Um, Indy will be six months old in like a week. Ugh, I can like, <laughs> I know. It's, I, I'm on like, it just, it makes me want to cry when I think about it, but I've really, right? I feel like I've been intentional this go about really just trying to soak it all in. But at the same time, the pace of life, as I'm sure you can, relate to is so much faster with an, with two. Right. Yeah. That it just, it goes so fast. It goes so fast. So I know. Oh and I, I've, I've been trying to be intentional with it and I have my moments where I'm like really good about it. And then other times where it's like, Oh my gosh, just like everything's just a blur. And I just feel like I'm missing things. So <laughs> it's a work in progress. Totally. Yeah. I feel, I feel that especially because we went from like winter to summer, there was no spring and now listen in like the weather's yeah. nicer and I've got a baby who's like crawling and I just, I'm like, what oh in the gosh. world happened? <laughs> what happened? It's so crazy. Yeah. So. <laughs> my goodness. Well, I feel like some people listening are like, wait a minute, you have a baby if they've been <laughs> out of the loop. So Hallie's here and in your arms mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm sure you, maybe if you, you can share, obviously, whatever feels good to you about that journey. And then I know that we really, really like the meat and potatoes of this episode is, is getting to having, you know, the opportunity to share and for us to get to listen to your birth story with Hallie. So I think what would be great is for you just to pick up wherever feels good to you and kind of Mm -hmm. move forward, you know, maybe brief into pregnancy if you, if you feel, and then just dive into the magic and you know, birth stories are, are all kinds of things. They bring up all kinds of emotions. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we can just dive into the, the birth story. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like where I could start because where we left off, you know, on previous episodes, like we couldn't stay pregnant, right? Like we had miscarriages and then we adopted Parker you know, I've gotten a lot of questions since I came back on social media of like, just how, you know, like how, how do we now have a biological child and we couldn't, and I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail there because that could be an entire episode on its own. But essentially we, you know, I started charting with what's called the Crichton method and found a NAPRO technology doctor. And they just kind of have a different approach to charting cycles and looking at that and seeing like what that might mean. 
for like women's health and had a really, really wonderful doctor who actually performed a couple of surgeries where it was found I had stage three endometriosis and a uterine septum, which a uterine septum is basically where there's like this wall of tissue basically separating your uterus to a certain degree. And so my doctor thought that that was what caused our losses because our babies were essentially implanting on this tissue, which doesn't have good blood flow. It's not the same as like, you know, healthy endometrial tissue in a, in a more normal uterus. And so that was all addressed. Septum was removed, endometriosis was removed, and like what, it was less than two months later, I think, uh, Hallie was conceived and, and now she's here. So that's kind of how we got to a baby from not being able to carry one past 14 weeks. So that was, I'm just, I don't know. I'm st- I feel like I'm still processing a lot around that, just like, you know, grateful for that part of our journey, but also it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit hard to find out that there's like something quote unquote wrong with you that then caused your losses. Like not that I, you know, nobody blames me, of course, except for me sometimes. <laughs> I'm still kind of working through a little bit of that because it's something I was born with. So like, I, I can't blame myself, but then again, it's like, okay, this, this is what caused our losses, something that was wrong with my body. So, you know, it's just still, I, I guess I'm all this to say, I'm still kind of processing some of that stuff with our miscarriages, even now having this perfectly healthy child and, and all of that. So it's been, it's been a journey. <laughs> Hi there, Laura here, excited to share one of my all-time favorite products from one of my all-time favorite companies, Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's organic supergreens are a delicious, energizing blend of nutrient-rich organic superfoods that make getting nourishment in every single day super easy. I start every day with these before coffee, before anything else, and actually take them alongside the vitamin C complex, which is also incredibly nourishing, both from real foods, superfoods at that. And you can save 15% on any Paleo Valley product with code MODERNMAMAS at checkout. Go to paleovalley.com, type in Modern Mamas, all one word, at checkout, and save 15% on powerful nutrition. I feel super grateful to have been, in some capacities, a part of it, like to get to share in some of the, the journey with you, at least like, you know, getting to chat through things and, and hear mm-hmm. as, the, as you process. And I've just been so in admiration of your your grace and navigating it all. My goodness, has it been a lot. And and, and on top of that with like the moving and just so much to navigate. And, you know, you said you're still processing and I feel like grief is never linear. And I imagine there's so you'll always be processing and grieving the loss Mm -hmm. of, you know, the, the, your, with your miscarriages and then, then the joy of bringing Parker in and then the, it's just, it's been right. such a roller coaster. And I'm just, again, just like in awe of the way that you've navigated it all over the past, how many years, like five years, basically. Five, yeah, a little over five now, I yeah, think. Yeah, crazy. Well, so now here you are, you got pregnant, you mm-hmm. moved across the country while pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <Yes. laughs> and yeah, I guess we can pick up there, whatever feels sure. good. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Again, I feel like the pregnancy piece could be like a whole nother 
we could have like three full podcast episodes, mostly just because I'm like so long winded. So we could have you come back on and just talk about the pregnancy. (laughs) No, that's fine. It's it's mostly just because I can't be succinct. It is not a skill that I have. That's why you fit perfectly into this podcast because Jeff and I are like, we're going to do a quick like rapid fire Q and A. And then next thing we know, it's three hours. (laughs) Right. No, I, I totally guess that's, that's totally my, my life as well. Pregnancy. I was, we were really excited and it was like, of course we were excited because that's what we were we were hoping to have happen after surgeries but like it was also of course like really scary like there were a lot of mixed emotions and and part of me was really confident that because we'd like found what we believed to be the issue and it was fixed that like everything was going to be okay but of course there was still that like fear and trauma from our past experiences that I couldn't just like ignore or you know just let go of like it was it was very present especially in the beginning like every ultrasound. I was like just terrified until, you know, you got to hear the heartbeat, which miraculously we did every time, which was such a nice change from our previous experiences. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot to navigate in the beginning, but, you know, as we moved through pregnancy and things were, you know, normal and good every, every time things got a little bit easier, well, emotionally, a little easier physically, you know, we had our we had our, our ups and downs, but you you know you and I kind of walked this journey very closely together because I think we were only what like three three and a half weeks yeah apart three and a half weeks apart and the girls are a little yeah. further because Indy came she came a little early but yeah it's, right it's, Hallie was born like two days three days after her due date yeah. yeah so like we were we were like deep in the morning sickness phase together and all that good stuff. But yeah, so we had a, a fairly straightforward pregnancy with a few scares here and there, but mostly it was just like I had a really I had a really good team who helped me navigate trusting my body and trusting the, you know, very, you know, natural, normal thing that is pregnancy and balancing that with, you know, our past experiences and the fact that there were some extra fears and anxiety there and just helping me, you know walk through that as far as like, you know, when we, we did some extra tests, we did some extra ultrasounds. I had a couple of visits with maternal fetal medicine. And, and in addition to my normal, like midwives and things like that, which was, I was really grateful for that medical team. Sorry, Hallie is chatting up a storm and it is a little bit distracting. It's real she is a, in a, she's in a very chatty phase and she's also, I think, teething. So she's like gnawing on my thumb. It's, almost, it's funny because it like, doesn't even occur to me really because I'm so used to it at our house. It's right. Just, like the constant your, chatter. Yeah, it's just, it's just the background noise of life. There would be some singing and yelling in the background too, but my husband has Parker at the playground, so... We don't get to hear her adorable background noise as well. But anyway, so yeah, pregnancy pregnancy was hard and beautiful and good and scary and all the things as I think, you know, is most people's experience with that. And I'm so grateful to have been able to go through that even when it was hard because that was, you know, something that I longed for for so long and I wasn't sure I was ever going to get to experience. And I was kind of like, I'd gotten to a point where I was okay with that, but was also super grateful when it was like something that I was able to do. So that was, that was really wonderful. So, I mean, I guess you want me to just jump into, to birth story. Let's do it. I can't, I can't wait. Okay. I'm, like, I'm on the edge of my seat, literally sitting on the edge of the <laughs> stool with the baby on my boob. Just like, can't wait to hear. <laughs> yeah. I've like, I have, I haven't shared it anywhere or really even like talked about it 
too much because it's, I don't know, there was nothing like wrong with my, nothing like went wrong, right? Like there was nothing traumatic about it outside of just normal that birth is, you know, birth is hard. But I think it's, it's still just like taking me a lot to kind of think about and process through and to get to a place where I like kind of like feel good about it because there was just expectations that I had that weren't necessarily met. And that's not like a bad thing. It's just like me in my head, (laughs) but I have written it. I have written it down and I think that was really helpful. But I'm excited. I'm more of like, I think I do better with talking through. So I'm excited to kind of to do that now. So to have a podcast because I like to talk. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, I guess like kind of our whole, the, the birth labor process kind of started on, it was on the eve of our due date. I started having contractions or what I thought were contractions. And like, it ended up being, I think just like prodromal labor, but it was like all, like all through the night, I just kind of on and off, just like low grade contractions. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is it. Is she going to be born on her due date? Cause my husband was born on his due date. So I was like, how cool would that be? You know, right on time, you know, whatever that means, because obviously due dates are so arbitrary anyway, but I wake up the next morning and like everything has stopped. And I was just like really sad because <laughs> I was just like, so ready to meet her. But anyway, and so we went through the rest of our weekend, just, you know, hanging out. We went to the beach. We did fun stuff because it was February, but this is California. So we went to the beach. (laughs) And so then everything kind of started again, like that following as a Monday. And I hadn't, I hadn't had any contractions since, but I'd had a lot of like what I thought was cervical mucus but it was like a lot, like it had changed. There was a lot more of it. And I was talking to my mom about it, I remember. And she encouraged me to talk to my doctor because when she was pregnant with me, that was actually how her labor started. She thought she just had, you know, cervical mucus, but it turned out to be amniotic fluid. She went into the doctor, got a test. Sure enough, it was amniotic fluid. And then, you know, I had to be born within, you know, whatever time the hospital determined. And so... We, you know, we went to, we talked to my midwife and we ended up going into the hospital for a amniotic fluid test just to see. And it turned out it was just cervical mucus, but we found out that I was having contractions because they, you know, hooked me up to the, to the monitor and, and whatnot or hooked Tally up. And so that we like, I had my first contraction while I was hooked up to that, like saw it on the monitor and felt it like my first real contraction. And I was like, okay, yeah, this, this feels a little different than it did on Friday night. So maybe this is a good sign, but I don't want to like get in my head about it again. Cause I was super in my head about it <laughs> all night long when I was thought I was having what was early labor. So anyway, so we, we go back home cause you know, everything, everything's good. And I think, it was, I think it was Valentine's day too. So Valentine's Day at the hospital. That's pretty typical. We don't celebrate Valentine's Day personally. But anyway, so go the rest of the evening, still just feeling like really mild contractions, trying not to think too much of it, still able to go through, you know, having dinner, hanging out with the family, all of that. And oh, I should say we were also like to back it up a little bit. We live at Fort Irwin, which is like in the middle of nowhere in the desert, like an hour north of Barstow, California. If anybody knows where that is, like on the road to Vegas. And so we did, we made the decision partway through my pregnancy to not give birth on, at the hospital on post, which would have been our only option out there and instead decided to have me 
stay with Parker at my parents' house in Orange County towards the end of my pregnancy and see a medical team and give birth out there. So at this point, we're at my parents' house (laughs) and Jared has now joined me ahead of, you know, when we anticipated her arrival was. So anyway, uh, it's Monday evening. We're, you know, just living life hanging out with my parents and Parker with her grandparents and stuff. And we go to bed that night and it's about 1030 and I'm like just ready to like shut my eyes, go to sleep. And I feel this very, very intense contraction that's felt different from anything that I have felt in the days leading up. And so I give it, you know, two, three hours to just kind of see what happens. And I'm like, okay, I'm not this. I'm not sleeping. This is, I just, I mean, I'm trying, I'm laying in bed. I'm like, breathing through the contractions. And I just like, I can't, I can't sleep. They're too intense. I can't lay down, which I was unexpected because I wasn't expecting to like immediately be in a place where like, I couldn't just go to sleep. I have, and I consider, (laughs) this is one of the things I've had to like work through as I've thought about my birth story. Like I, I'm like pretty proud that I have like this really high pain tolerance and then I, and like labor just kicked my butt. (laughs) But anyway, so like What's around like midnight else in the entire world. Oh, oh my gosh. I know. I'm like, I've had like several surgeries, you know, and just lots of things that are, you know, painful, like intense things. And it was nothing like labor and birth. But so I wake Jared up a couple hours later. I'm like, okay, I think this is it. I can't sleep. I can't like lay down. I have to, you know, stand up or lean or whatever to work through these contractions already. So I wake him up and we, we're in, actually, we're in my childhood bedroom. And Parker is on this like little twin bed on the floor in the room. And so I'm like, I can't just like keep laboring in here. Like I'm going to wake up my kid. So we go get my mom and my mom comes downstairs and lays in the bed with Parker. And Jared and I go out into the living room and like keep laboring out there kind of all throughout the night. It was when the Olympics were on. So I remember watching like women's ice skating <laughs> while I'm like, like between contractions, which I don't know if that's just kind of something I think will stick with me. I will always now associate female figure skating with being in labor. <laughs> um, that's amazing. And, yeah. So we, yeah. So I, we like, you know, doing our labor thing in the living room all like all throughout the night, things are, you know, progressing, but slowly, I think by the morning, my contractions were like, five, six minutes apart and pretty intense. Like, I mean, with every contraction, I'm having to breathe through. I'm like leaning on Jared or I'm on all fours. I remember trying to like rest between them throughout the night. And my dog kept like laying on the floor right next to the couch. And so I'd be like trying to rest, laying down on the couch. And then a contraction would come and I'd have to like stand up and lean on someone, something. And like every single time I'm like tripping over the dog, trying to like, handle this contraction <laughs> and it was just I don't know it was like annoying and humorous at the same time poor dog who got stepped on probably countless times throughout the night but anyway so the morning comes and I had like ex- I think I had this idea in my head that by the morning we would like already be at the hospital things would be progressing further and all that but like it's not what's happening it kind of things were slowing down a little bit and I think it was just like you know, okay, well, what do I do now? Like it's, it's light outside now. I don't have that like nice, dark, calm environment. My kid is awake. My parents are here. My mom's trying to get around for work. You know, Parker needs breakfast. It was just like very distracting. And so I was like, okay, I think we just like need to go to the hospital, which I always anticipated like, you know, laboring at home as long as possible. But the 
fact of the matter is, is this wasn't my home, right? Like this, I, it was in my parents' face and, and it just like, didn't feel like once the morning came, like it was a conducive environment for, for productive labor. So we like called my midwife and, and she encouraged us to just come in and, and I, I was having, you know, I think my contractions were like five minutes apart. So it's not like I was, you know, I wasn't in like super early labor or anything like that, but it was earlier than I would have anticipated going to the hospital. But anyway, so we, we drive to the hospital and where we were giving birth, there were these, there were birthing suites. So it was like this really large hospital room with like a queen size bed and like a birthing tub. So it was like, it was like, it was a pretty nice calming environment for a hospital. I would say I'm not the type who like is afraid of hospitals or feels uncomfortable in hospitals, which is part of the reason why we decided to give birth in this more of a hospital type setting, but with midwives in like a birthing suite. So it was kind of like a a good happy medium there. But anyway, so we get to the hospital and again, things have kind of like slowed down a little bit. So that was like a little bit discouraging, but you know, it, we took, you know, it takes some time to get, you know, all you have to, an- we had to answer like a million questions for the nurses. They had to put an IV, like just a saline lock in my arm because of my surgeries that I'd had previously because they involved my uterus. The obstetrician that works with my midwife group encouraged that because she was like, just concerned that, you know, if anything happened to my uterus, when I had those surgeries that there could be an increased risk for bleeding. And so I had a saline lock put in and they like blew out my first vein and had to do my other one. So, you know, all this is happening, which is just like, (laughs) not, it's not the best, you know, environment for, good productive laboring but all that gets done and my doula arrives at the hospital and my midwife encourages us to go on a little walk there's like I think they call it legitimately call it a zen garden or something it's like a little garden right outside where the birthing suites are so we go for a walk and things just like still aren't picking up and so and at this point like I didn't sleep all night so I haven't slept since you know the previous day or whenever I woke up the previous day So I'm like already exhausted and it's, I don't know, maybe 10 o'clock in the morning at this point. And so my midwife suggests breaking my water, which was, you know, this was one of the things on my birth plan that was like, you know, I don't want any artificial rupture of membranes. However, you know, things were not progressing the way I imagined they would perfectly, you know, (laughs) textbook progression of labor, of you know, unmedicated labor. And so we, you know, we, we talked to my midwife about it and, and she was not pushy at all about it. She was just like, Hey, this is an option. And, you know, it may just help speed things up at this point. I think her main concern was just that I was, that I just hadn't slept. I was just tired. And so we thought about it. We went, you know, I think we spent maybe an hour or two just seeing what would happen and, and things weren't really progressing. And so we did eventually have her break my water and thankfully started moving much quicker from that point. But I remember her saying like, 
when we were talking about it, she said she'd had a couple of patients recently who kind of had a similar experience to me. They, they broke their waters and it was like two hours later, their baby was in their arms. And so I kind of had this idea in my head that like, that's what was going to happen. And it did not. (laughs) Things got a lot more intense. The contractions got a lot closer together at that point, but it was definitely not two hours later that baby girl (laughs) arrived in arms. I like, it's such like a blur at this point, as far as like the the exact progression of events or the timeline of things, I suppose, doesn't matter anyway. But we ended up, like, I I spent some time laboring in the tub, which at this hospital, you couldn't give birth in the tub, but you could labor in it. So we did that. And that was, like, the first place I'd actually felt comfortable, like, since contractions had started, like, over 12 hours earlier at this point. And I remember, at like, Jared hadn't eaten anything all day. And I remember just being like, you need, you need to eat. Like, I need you to be okay. And he's just like laughing. Cause he's like, why are you worried about me right now? Like when you're the one in labor and I'm like, well, because frankly, I need you, <laughs> I need you to be fueled so you can help me. So finally he like, yes, I love you, would, but I also need you to take care of me. This is yes, exactly. Like I am worried about you. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. And like, but he's totally the type who like, I think he loses his appetite when he gets stressed. And like, he was like such a good support for me. But I think he was like, it wasn't a comfortable, like natural environment for him or like a role for him. And so, you know, he gets nervous and he overthinks things and he loses his appetite. And I'm like, dude, you got to eat. But yeah, he was, uh, we can, you know, go into that more too. But oh my gosh, yeah, he was such an amazing support, just like holding physically and figuratively holding, holding me up through the whole, through the whole thing and just constantly by my side. And I think that was part of it too. He didn't want to like leave me to get food. But thankfully, our, our our doula did that for us, picked up some food for him. And I just remember he got, what was it? We got Hawaiian food, of all things, because he loves Hawaiian food, delivered to the hospital. And I'm like laboring in the tub. And he's like, eating his Hawaiian food. And at first, it didn't bother me. And then at some point, it was just like the smell was just like too much. I could not handle it. And I'm like, okay, you got to put that away. But he did. He got enough fuel in his system, thankfully, prior to that point. But it was just like this. I just, I think that's like, you know, like with intense experiences, there's just like random, like vivid things that just like stick with you. Like I have that with like our our miscarriage experiences too, like just very clear, vivid memories from different moments. And for whatever reason, this like Hawaiian food thing is like one of the images that like sticks out in my brain from our labor experience. But anyway, so we were laboring in the tub for a long time and things are just like, they're like, things are very, very, very intense. Like I'm breathing through them because I have to breathe through them because that's like the only way to get through them. But it is like, I don't know, there is, there is no like calm. There is no pretty to any of this. It is just very, very intense at this point. I can't really like, I, I don't know. I think I had this image in my head of like, you know, I'd be like swaying, walking around on hands and knees, like all these kinds of things. But at this point, you know, we're probably looking at 20-ish hours of labor and I just have no strength left to be in any of the positions that like I planned on being because they, you know, help things move along. And so I am just like laying on my side on the bed and like Jared's holding my hand on one side. My doula is holding my hand on the other side. My midwife who was amazing is just like rubbing my back with this like massage oil. And like, that's all, (laughs) that's all I can do is like, just kind of lay there and like breathe. And I mean, vocally breathe at this point. Like I wasn't quite to a, like a screaming level, but oh. 
here my dad is going to take Hallie for us. Thank you, dad. <laughs> She's like, I remember but anyway. this. I remember this. You're helping me process my birth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like the point where it just gets like so intense so that you're intense. just like, I can't anymore. Why is this not over yet? My midwife is like, okay, you know, I think, I think we need to, to check you, like, just see what's going on. She, so she, anyway, I think she suspected a, a cervical lip and it turned out that's, that's what it, that's what it was. Um, I know what that's like. I know you do. And I actually remember thinking at the time, like I was familiar with like what that was, what that meant because of your birth story. And I, yeah, so it's like, I had been stuck at eight centimeters because of the cervical lip. I don't even know how, again, I have no concept of time, but it had been a very, very long time that I had just been stuck right there. You know, she told me, you know, I'm going to move your cervix, this section of your cervix out of the way so the baby can descend. And I cannot, like, I do not have words for how intense and painful that experience was. Like, I'm, I'm not a generally a vocal I mean, I'm vocal in the sense that I talk a lot, but I'm not like a vocal in the sense of like, I'm not, I'm not a screamer. I think I just full-blown like screamed through the whole thing because it was so, so painful. Anyway, so like, so that happened. She moves my cervix away. It's so painful. And I'm expecting like some kind of relief at that point. But then it's like, nope, okay, time to push. And everything that I had like read about birth and birth stories I've listened to, well, not everything, but some people described kind of this like, break this like pause I guess it is between transition and pushing and so I was like I think I was kind of like gearing myself up up for a little bit of a break and there wasn't there was no break it was straight from the intensity of having my cervix moved out of the way of my baby's head to the intensity of pushing and I like couldn't figure out how this probably sounds really weird or maybe it doesn't I like couldn't figure out how to push her out. Like my midwife is trying to explain to me how I can like effectively push. And she's like, you know, telling me to like use my abs. And I'm like, where the hell are my abs? Like, I don't know what these things are anymore after, you know, being pregnant for nine months. And I like could not figure it out. And I'm like, I thought my baby was just supposed to be like breathed out of me. Like, what is, what is, what is this? <laughs> and it was just, it was. Oh, the beauty of hard. birth videos that are well. I know, ended. right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, you know, I wasn't expecting, like, I knew not to expect the, like, Hollywood version, like, screaming your head off. I, like, I, I had learned that that was likely not going to be my experience because that's, you know, can be, I mean, it's probably some people's experience. I don't want to discount that, but can be kind of this exaggerated version. But then it was, like, the opposite extreme is what I consumed as far as birth stories and birth videos and things like that, where it's, like, just this calm and baby just like falls out and then that kind of thing. And, and, and no, it was not that for me either. And I didn't, I think I just didn't really know what to do with that. So I'm, I don't even know how long I was pushing. I think it was maybe like two or more hours. Oh, and also during this time, like during transition and I think during pushing, pushing as well, I needed to throw up, which is a very normal thing during labor, of course. However, I had a surgery when I was a kid for a hiatal hernia where a portion of my stomach was sewed around my esophagus to prevent my stomach from reflexing up into my esophagus. But what that also prevents is it prevents any, it prevents me from being able to throw up. And so what happens instead is I get, I call them dry heave attacks. So I'm just like dry heaving over and over and over again. And this is what happened when I was pregnant, when I would get 
morning sickness to the point of needing to throw up. I would just dry heave. And it was like one of my biggest fear. Like I, you know, I wasn't really afraid of tearing in labor. I was afraid of throwing up in labor because I knew this is what it would be like. And sure enough, it happened, I think, three different times over the course of my labor where I'm like having these intense dry heave attacks, which it's like my whole body basically is like convulsing. And I remember like the the labor and delivery nurse and my midwife like trying to get a, because I can tell I'm going to like throw up. They're trying to get like a barf bag and Jared goes, oh, she's not going to need that because <laughs> nothing comes up. But anyway, so like this is all happening in this like however many hours long period of of pushing after hours of being stuck at like eight centimeters. I I thought that I just said in my head to cut her out of me, but apparently I actually said it out loud at one point. My husband informed me later because I just like I didn't think I could do it. Like legitimately, I could not make it any longer. Like my I'm just like exhausted to an point I have never experienced before. I have no strength left in me. I'm like being told to like push and, you know, in a certain way that I can't figure out how to, like, I feel like I can't, like, I literally can't do it. Like I'm, everything I'm doing is wrong. I'm bad at laboring. (laughs) My baby is not falling out of me like she was supposed to. And I wasn't, I didn't have any medications or anything like that. And so it was very intense. And I'm just like, I just need her. Like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do it. Just cut her out of me was like what I thought slash apparently said. But my birth team was really amazing. You know, my husband just kept telling me, you can do it. You can do it. You're doing so well. My, my midwife was awesome and just was like there the whole, by my side the whole time, rubbing my back, all that good stuff. And sure enough, <laughs> eventually she did come out. And I remember... She like I can feel her like crowning, and my I always thought like I'd want to like see, like you know they offer like a mirror and whatnot. And my my midwife, you know, she's like, oh, do you want to see her head? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I just was like, I could not think of anything at that time other than her being out of my body, and not even I think like maybe this sounds bad, but like not even for the sake of like I want to meet her. Is she okay? It was just like I can't do this anymore. I need this to be done. Hiya! Interrupting this podcast with an important word from a beloved sponsor, Hiya Health Kids Daily Vitamins. Hiya is a thoughtfully sourced kids multivitamin made from a blend of 12 farm fresh fruits and vegetables and turbocharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, mood, teeth, bones, and more. Minus all the sugar you might find in typical kids vitamins. And Evie loves the flavor. She has these every morning with breakfast, and for once, getting multivitamins in her isn't a battle. It's also non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. The other cool part is that Haya arrives straight to your door every month, one last thing to remember, and your first month comes with a reusable glass bottle your kids can personalize with stickers. Then, every month thereafter, Haya sends a no-plastic refill pouch of fresh vitamins, which means it's good for us and the environment. I have to say, I've never had our kids remind me every single morning to give them their vitamins like I have since we switched to Haya. They absolutely love them. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off, that's 5-0, your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com forward slash Modern Mamas. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com forward slash Modern Mamas. 
and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. When I just said help, it's like, yeah. I just, I was like that pure and it's like just pure surrender. And it's kind of like, yeah, that, that's when things shift in a way. Right. It was like, I, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I mean, but I think after, after she like crowned, I think it was pretty, pretty quick from there where she just kind of like, I just have this like vivid memory of just the sensation of her like sliding out of me. And I like reached down to like grab her, which I have this picture in my, like literally like for years, I've had this picture in my head of like, if I gave birth to like a living baby at some point, I'd be on my hands and knees and I'd like reach through my legs and like grab her and like, or him, I guess I didn't know at the time and put them on my, on my, like hold them up against my chest. And like, that's not what happened because I was physically incapable of being on my hands and knees. I labored in the exact position I said I would never labor in on my, on my back. But I still was able to kind of reach down and and my husband helped. He was, you know, he was the one who was going to catch her. But I kind of like reached down with him and like grabbed her and put her on my chest. And, you know, she's slimy and she's screaming. And I hear one of the the nurses who's there being like, oh, she pooped on mommy. And they just like, you know, wipe up the poop. And it was kind of this like surreal moment where it was like this huge amount of relief. But I think I also expected there to be this just like... I don't know, like kind of how you see in some of these birth videos where it's like they're crying and it's like, oh my gosh, my baby's here. And it was, and it was that, but it wasn't that. It was like this, like, like, oh my gosh, I just, I did this. It's done. Like, I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to, to labor her anymore. She's here. And it was kind of just more like this, like looking at her and being like, we did it. Like we did it, but it wasn't as like emotional, I think, as I, as I thought it was, but also that feels pretty appropriate because I'm not very good at emotions. (laughs) I'm learning. I'm getting better. But that was, I think the whole experience, like up until like that, yeah, that moment of her arrival where it was like, just, I don't know. It wasn't this like birth goddess, beautiful, breathing my baby out, riding the waves of contractions. Like it wasn't like that. I thought it was going to be, it wasn't any of that, but like looking back on it, I can see like that it was kind of I think it was like it was what it needed to be it was I could look back and be like damn I'm a badass like I I did that (laughs) or we did that Hallie and I together and you know my birth team and it feels in a way I've been thinking about this more recently I think I thought that I needed this birth experience to be just this beautiful redemptive like picturesque kind of birth to make up for the, you know, for birth, because it is a birth experience with a miscarriage, just a different variety to make up for those four experiences that were, you know, of course, not at all what I pictured. They were, my, my babies weren't alive in, in one of the cases I had a DNC. So it was surgical and just like, just very, just hard and painful. And I I felt like I needed my birth experience with Hallie to be just the polar opposite, just beautiful, perfect, wonderful, redemptive experience. But I think in actuality, my birth experience, which was, I mean, it was beautiful in its own way, of course, I think it, you know, it always is, but it was incredibly intense. It was the most difficult thing I've ever done. It was 
effing painful. But I think that like looking back now, it was more representative of our journey in a way that I think is kind of cool. Like, and is redemptive in its own way. I don't know if I'm making any sense right now, but like our just like difficult, just painful, hard experience making so with loss. that I'm typing out because I feel like it's, it's very poignant <laughs> and very powerful in so many ways. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not. I just, sometimes I feel like I just start talking and I don't make any sense. But yeah, I was just like, you know, our, our experience with loss was just, it was, you know, so painful, so difficult. It felt like it had no end or it was going to have no end. And then it did, it ended in this, just like, you know, the adoption of Parker. And then this experience with Hallie that were just like beautiful and wonderful. And so it was almost like labor and childbirth kind of mirrored that in a way being so intense, so painful, so long, feeling like it was never going to end having, like you're saying, having to surrender and needing help not being able to do it on my own, that kind of thing. But then ending with this, you know, beautiful, healthy baby. And so it wasn't at all what I expected it was going to be or what I thought I needed it to be. But I think it was exactly what it, it was what it, what it needed to be, just not what I thought it needed to be beforehand. But yeah, so I mean, I guess that's our birth story. Hallie was here. She's you know, healthy. And she pretty much like latched right away, started eating, which was really, really amazing to witness. Cause that was, you know, breastfeeding was another thing that I had always dreamt of experiencing and, and thought maybe I never would. And then sure enough, you know, I think it was probably, I don't know, time is such a blur, but I would guess, you know, under 30 minutes after being born, maybe even more like 10, you know, just latches on the boobs, starts eating which was pretty cool, you know, and I had like a first degree, like bilateral tear. So a little bit of tearing, but not, not bad. I honestly didn't, didn't notice. I didn't notice the tearing and I didn't really notice the being sewn up from the tearing because at that point it was just like the, the bliss of baby on my chest. I had a little bit of bleeding after delivering my placenta not an excessive amount, but enough to where my midwife was like, eh, let's do some Pitocin. So I was very thankful at that point for that saline lock that they made me have because I didn't have to get an IV put in at that point. I could, they could just, you know, it was already there. So that was convenient. You know, I think, yes, we were kind of in like a birth centery part of a hospital. And so we had a little bit more of the like, let's leave mom, baby and dad alone. But there still was kind of that hospital hustle bustle right after the baby was born that I didn't love. But we got, we were well taken care of and, you know, we got to the point where, okay, now it can just be us and I can kind of maybe get some sleep after, you know, at this point, I don't even know how many hours without sleep, like probably a solid two days and just be with our, our perfect little baby. So yeah, I don't know how to, how do you end a birth, a birth story, a story babies here. Everyone's good. <laughs> what about if you want to share maybe the meeting of Parker and, and Allie? And Allie, sure. Yeah. Like so that's a good way to kind of like, you know, full circle moment for, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So we run the hospital. So they, they require the baby to be there for 24 hours and they have like 24 hour checks at the hospital we were at. And so we were there for, for that amount of time. We got like a, at the hospital that they do like a steak dinner when your baby's born, which was kind of cool. So we had like steak 
and hard like sparkling cider which is kind of fun they did like a tea time with like a fruit cup and cookies anyway it was kind of a, it was a very bougie experience i'm i'm gonna say like as nice as a home birth sounds and i know that you loved your home birth experience and it was beautiful if you can't do a home birth this was, this was kind of a nice way to go which i know is not what you asked but anyway i'm just like thinking through the period of time between how when holly was born and meeting parker so we're in the hospital for 24 hours. Hallie gets her her checks. And she was born at, I think it was like 9.12 or something like that, 9.16, something like that. It was 9 o'clock at night. And so it's 9 o'clock at night again. And we were kind of thinking we were going to stay till the next morning, but we'd kind of gone back and forth. And at that point, we kind of felt like they were trying to push us out of the hospital to some degree. Like they had a lot of you know, laboring women come in and they needed a room and we're kind of like, we kind of felt like we had to leave, which was a little bit annoying, but also I think it was good in the long run to just, you know, not be in that space anymore. Even though for a hospital, it was a lovely space. So anyway, so it's nine o'clock at night, she gets her, her 24 hour checks. And by the time that's done and we get discharged from the hospital, it's like, at probably 11 o'clock when we were leaving and we're driving back to my parents' house and literally the entire 405 freeway is closed. Like, I didn't know you could just close a main freeway. But sure enough, it's closed. So that delays us. We got we to gotta skirt around that. By the time we get back to my parents' house, it is like, it's midnight or maybe even later. And like I said, sleep was an issue for me prior to this birth point. So I'm exhausted. And I'm like, okay, well, we just need to go lay in bed. We'll introduce the girls in the morning. But like I said, Parker was sleeping on a little bed in the room where we were sleeping in the guest room at my parents' house. So we come into the bedroom and we're trying to be really quiet. But then of course, you know, Hallie's crying and Parker immediately wakes up and she like climbs onto the bed next to me and just like looks at her baby sister and is like, it okay, we got you. And it was just like, the cutest thing, like I, the most special thing I can ever imagine. Like All I couldn't have staged the moment more perfectly So sweet. because yeah. And it was just like, immediately she knew who this little being was without us saying anything and like knew, like just stepped into that big sister role of like, you know, I'm here with you. I, I like, you know, I'm going to protect you like and help you and that kind of thing. And it was just so special. And she, you know, she Parker, especially like now she's just like exploding with words. But at that time she was kind of just starting to really vocalize a lot more. She was a little bit behind on, on her vocabulary and things like that. So even just that she was able to say like two full sentences like that was just like also very, I don't know. It was just unexpected and very, very special. And precious and just like as I'm sure you've experienced with your girls just like that immediate connection like watching that and then watching it develop and Parker Parker wanting to hold Hallie and give her kisses and hugs and sometimes smothering her a little bit too much like it's just been such an amazing thing to watch I couldn't agree more like that they love so so big (laughs) yeah oh my gosh yeah and I feel like I don't know if every mom feels this way but like I remember laying with Evie when I was in labor, you know, I was saying goodnight. And like this last time, it's just us two. But we've kept that ritual, of course. But but you, just, you wonder, like, how can I love this much again? Yeah. And then it just happens. And not only do you love right. that much again, but then you're watching this love between them. And it's just like, there are no words for it. It's just unbelievably special. 
Yeah, it's like your 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 love, your heart doesn't just like double in size when you add like a second child. It's like you know tenfold because it's just this. You know, there's there's two of them, and you love each of them individually, and you love them together, and your just whole family unit changes in this very special way, and it's just there's more space made, and like. I, cause I had those, those worries too of like, how, how can I, how can I love anyone as much as I love Parker? And like, then we also had the added piece of like, well, she's, you know, she's not our biological child. And so like, will this, will this look different? Like, will this feel different? Like, you know, meeting Hallie when she's like, you know, exiting my womb versus meeting Parker, which was a very different experience. You know, we, she's a week old, she's in the NICU. We're like, walking in and meeting her in the little like you know incubator thing and so it was just like very the the experiences were so so different like night and day different but the 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 love that like feeling of I'm your mom and you're my kid and like I would do anything for you like that was totally the same which I don't know didn't, I didn't really surprise me. I, I, I figured, you know, I knew I was going to love my kid, but I think maybe the, the intensity of it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's really amazing. So much. So it's so powerful. Well, I'm just so grateful that you had that experience and that I get to know, I that I know you and that you consider you such a close friend and I get to know your girls. And I just can't wait till our babes get to meet as Parker and Evie are I know. fast friends, which is so special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hallie and Hallie and Andy kind they got to meet via, via yeah, they stared at each other. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, a real life in person meeting is in their future because it does it's just happening. feel like there's this, you know, a special connection between the two of them totally. just because of how we were able to walk through pregnancy together. And you and I had very different experiences with pregnancy and our birth, you know, choosing different paths and, and things like that. But I'm so appreciative of the way you were always so supportive and encouraging for me and deciding how to do things and, and <laughs> what things needed to look like for me based on my experiences versus yours. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm just really excited for, for our little babies to meet. It's going to be pure magic. I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I have a lot going on back here. So I think we have to wrap, as I know you're in a similar boat, but where can folks find you? I mean, right now, pretty much if I'm on the internet, it's on Instagram at Vibrant Life Army Wife. And even that, it is kind of sparing because like you said, there's a there's a lot going on and I've just been kind of trying to figure out what that balance is as far as what do I share? Do I share, you know? trying to live my life off the internet as best I can as well. But I try to share some snippets and I, and I do, you know, I do have plans to share a little bit more of our journey of how we got to this place too, as far as how we were able to, you know, figure out what caused our losses, how we were able to get pregnant. There was some other things we did while I was pregnant based on our losses too, as far as medications and things like that. And I do, I do want to share a little bit more about that just in case it might help anyone who, you know, has had a similar journey to us as far as pregnancy loss. Not that my story is going to be the same as anyone's, but 
you know, if, if I'm able to share and it sparks something in someone, we're like, oh, maybe that might be helpful for me. Maybe that could be a part of the piece of my puzzle of, of loss. I, I'd really like to be able to to share that and help and encourage people with that. So eventually, hopefully, I will find the time and space to do that. But of, of course, being present for my girls comes first always. I love it. Well, so, so grateful that you shared your story. And I can't wait for this one to, to go live. It's going to be very profound for, for many people, I'm sure. So thank you for sharing your heart with us. These, these stories are so intimate. So it really means a lot. Yeah, I am. Thank you for having me on here and allowing me to share my kind of disjointed all over the place story. Hopefully it made sense and is relatable for, for people. Cause I know that I, while there was a lot of birth stories I listened to and read that like didn't feel helpful when I was actually in that space myself, there were some that I read that came back to me that really were, were helpful and encouraging that I wasn't like alone in some of my, my thoughts and my experiences at the time. And so hopefully my story can be that for someone too. I love it. Well, thank you, friend. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you love what you hear, let us know. Share these episodes if you know someone who might really benefit, um, as I know many will from this story. We're so grateful. And yeah, all right, friend. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.